Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Father, we just thank you for today, for what you've done already. Thank you for your sweet presence in this place. Thank you, Father, for <laughs> thank you for touching us, Lord, already last night and yesterday. And I thank you, Lord, that today we even go deeper. I, I thank you, Father, that everything that you do these few days will have a deep and a lasting impact on each and every lady. I thank you that they will leave better than they came. They will take something home with them that will blossom and grow and produce much good fruit. Lord, I thank you that you have ordained them for a specific purpose. And I thank you, Lord, if they don't know what that is, I thank you that they will find your purpose. Lord, I thank you that if they know, I thank you that you will even enhance everything in their life, that you will take them to another level in every area. And Lord, I thank you that your word never returns void, but it always returns back to you, having accomplished what you sent it out to accomplish, and it will fulfill the purposes for which that you sent it. And I thank you, Father, that I speak life over each and every one of them and that they will not be, as they apply your word in their life and as they honor you, as they obey you, I thank you that they will not be barren or unfruitful in any area of their life, spirit, soul, or body. I thank you, Lord, that you are actively working in them and they are growing in you and they are blooming and blossoming and becoming more and more gracious and beautiful from the inside out. Thank you, Lord, that that they are clothed with your grace and your graciousness and the dignity that you give them and with your honor. Lord, I thank you that as they've humbled themselves, you will will raise them up to do great things for you. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that thy gentleness has made me great. Thank you even that that gentleness that's, that's on us as women, that we would develop it as a characteristic of our heart and life. And that the power of that gentleness under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that goes forth to minister life, to minister healing, to minister restoration. Lord, I thank you that we are that light set on a hill. And Lord, I thank you that you put a grace and a boldness on each and every one of us that that we will not choose to hide our light. We will not hide it under a bushel. We will not try to to lower the temperature, but I thank you, Father, that you anoint us with your gracious boldness as we yield it to you, as we're submitted to you. I thank you, Father, for the boldness to stand up and to not be ashamed of the light that's on the inside of us and to let our light shine because the darker the night, the brighter the light. And I thank you, Father, that those who are hungry and desperate and hurting will be drawn to the light. 
your light that's on the inside of each and every one of these ladies. And I thank you, Father, that they will, whether they come from Tampa or from out of town, I thank you, Lord, even as they, they leave at all and go home and go back in, into whatever it is that they do in business or ministry or the home, which is such an important place for us, such an important place of influence for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the privilege of being of being women, wives, mothers, and the privilege of bringing forth and raising up the next generation, not just physically, but spiritually. Thank you, Lord, for that, that position that you've given us. Lord, let us be, let us, <laughs> let us embrace everything that that entails. I thank you, Lord, if, if there's any pressures that you will take it off of every woman right now as, as she casts her care onto you, and I thank you, Father, that even though in the natural we may feel inadequate, I thank you with your strength. Through Christ, I can do all things because he strengthens me, he strengthens my hands, he strengthens my heart, he strengthens me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I thank you, Lord, yes, we can do everything that you've graced us to do and called us to and anointed you to, anointed us as we yield to you. And so, Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, come, touch us, change us, rearrange us. We don't ever want to be the same. And we pledge, Lord, to give you all the honor, all the glory, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't know if it, uh, how long it took you guys to get home last night. Some people longer than others. <laughs> and, and this morning I woke up with... Uh, no voice. Well, almost no voice. <laughs> so, fortunately, <clears throat> it's mostly back again. I must have laughed it away. I don't know what I did. <laughs> anyway, so um, let's, uh, let's carry on here. Let me, let me reiterate um, what an agent is. So we're talking about being an agent. Um, if you missed anything, you can go back and listen to the other, the other ones, but, so I don't, I don't wanna to repeat too much, but an agent acts on behalf of somebody else, they represent, um, they have the power to act. An agent also is like a chemical agent, something that, that exerts a power that makes and brings about a change, amen. So we are not only agents as we represent, ambassadors representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but we have the ability to it's on the inside of us to, to bring about change. Wherever we go, change happens. Good change happens, amen. People are touched, people are set free. People are set on fire for God through our influence, hallelujah. So it's a representative, it's a power to act, and it's an action that exerts a force or effect. So if you think about it, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the power and the name of Jesus gives us the authority. So if you're looking for your power, it's the Holy Spirit, and if you're looking for your authority, it is, I mean, sorry, your, your, yeah, the Holy Spirit, and then the, your authority is the name above every name, the name of Jesus. And the Bible doesn't say that only, only you know, boys can use that name, it doesn't say only, um, <laughs> only ministers can use that name, Everybody, every believer 
If you're a believer in this place, you have access to the name, amen. And you have the authority to use the name and the power of heaven is behind that name, amen. Hallelujah, the power of heaven is on your side every time you use that name. I love the story that Brother Hagen talks about the lady that called her husband back from the dead and he did not want to come back and Jesus said to him, but she's using my name. She's using the name. He had to go back. I think he, I can't remember. I think they had a conversation and then he went, right, or something like that. But he, she literally brought him back from the dead and Jesus like, I'm sorry, she's using my name. You gotta go back. <laughs> That's pretty powerful, <laughs> isn't it? If you think about it. Listen, that, that was the name of Jesus in the wife, I mean, in the mouth of a woman that refused to give up. Amen. She refused to give up. And so, of course, you know, well, we won't get into all of that, but, but you know, there's people's wills involved and things like that, so, so we understand that. But, and I, I think he did go, go home to be with the Lord in any case, but he came back, had a chat with her, told her that before he went, because <laughs> she called him back and he's like, look, it's my time to go, and I think, I think he did go. But, but anyway, so think how powerful that is, the name of Jesus, to raise from the dead. And it's just that sheer, I'm not giving up. So you, we just have to, you know, listen, it, it's not, sometimes we think it's like the size of our faith and it doesn't have to be, it's not the size because Jesus said mustard seed. What it is is not quitting. That's what it is. Not quitting, not quitting, not quitting. That's what it is, not quitting. See, the devil doesn't have the fruit of the spirit. He has no patience. So literally there's situations where all you have to do is outlast the devil. You just gotta keep standing till he gives up and goes away. Amen. Amen. You can just keep on until he just, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you can testify to that? I'm not quitting, I'm not giving up. I mean, you just have to, you just have to. And listen, but don't mix up, don't get things mixed up. Now, a lot of people just pray, 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 pray for, you know, like, and they keep on praying the same thing over and over. You have to pray in faith, right? You pray. But, you know, believe God, stand on the word, use the scriptures, pray in faith. And then the best thing to do is just thank him for it. Worship, worship, don't keep nagging him. Like put it on him, like as far as you're concerned, it's done. As far, you know, that's how Pastor Roddy and I would always pray. Many times we'd pray in agreement. A lot of times we would actually document it. It's actually good to do that. We actually had a little prayer thing that we, that we got and we just, we just made photocopies and then we would just fill in so it was a basic prayer. It was like basically a contract with God. And then we would just fill in the date and the, the, the thing we were believing God for. And we would sign it and date it. So that later you can look back and go, and then there's a place to mark where, where he did it. It's like, tick it off that God did it, amen. So there's power in that agreement, but it's, it's really good sometimes to just to write it down, remind yourself. And also to encourage yourself later, you can put in a file and when you're feeling discouraged, pull it out and tell the devil, this is what God did. Because the devil will be like, God did, did it last time, but he's not gonna do it this time. No, my, I say, God did it last time, he's gonna definitely do it this time. And, and so, so we, would, we would pray in faith. And you know what, when we were praying, I would feel in my spirit, and there were some things that, that I just felt like, you know, this is, it's not done. There's something missing, something, something else has to, there's something else that has to be done before this thing is done, right? Uh, and then, you know, okay, Holy Spirit, what is it? What, what, is, what adjustments do we need to make? Um, but there's other times when you pray and you just know 
You know in your knower, right? You know, you know it's done. And then don't let the devil throw you off. I know what that's like, especially when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're standing and believing God for something and in the natural, it looks you know, completely the opposite. And the devil's badgering your head and badgering, badgering, badgering your head. And you just have to tell him, shut up. This is what the word says. Like, you know, he's under your feet, so you gotta show him. Take the Bible and turn it upside down. <laughs> this is what, listen, this is what the scripture said. Remind him, remind the devil. See, God knows, we think we have to remind God. God says, my eyes are running all the way, all over the earth looking for somebody who, in whose behalf, I'm paraphrasing, I'm rephrasing it just to, for proper grammar, in whose behalf I can show myself strong. He's looking for someone he can do something for. He's looking for someone he can work for. He's looking for someone that that's, has just got enough guts to believe him enough faith to just trust him so he can start moving on their behalf. He's looking for something to do. Amen. Amen. You, I mean, you get these like energetic ladies and they're like, give me something to do, I wanna do, I wanna help, I wanna help. Well, you know what, God's, God's not like, you know, flapping around, but he's, he, he's basically, that's what he's doing. It's like, give me something to do. Give me something to do for you. I'm looking for, I wanna, I'm looking for those people that will believe. I'm looking for believers so I can work on their behalf, hallelujah. So, so you don't have to nag him and you don't have to remind him and that's why Jesus said, don't pray prayers like the heathen, you know, you know Mary, 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 you know, St. Christopher, St. Christopher, St. Christopher, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, over and over and over and over again. Before I was saved, that's how I thought you had to pray. You had to pray it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again to get it. No, you pray once in power and faith. So then when you feel that, you know in your spirit, oh, it's done. You feel the confirmation, it's done. You know it's done. So it's, if it's done in the spirit, it's done in the natural, but it just has to get from there to here. So don't interrupt the progress. Once you've prayed, don't go undo it again and start praying like, oh, please, oh God, oh, please, God, please. I mean, it's done. It's done, it's done. So what you do is you start worshiping. Especially when your head starts going nuts, the devil starts attacking you with, with thoughts of negativity. You, you keep confessing the word, keep, keep, keep that scripture in front of your face, in front of your eyes and in your mouth of what you're believing, what you're standing on, and then praise. Which, thank you, Father, for it. I thank you for it. I thank you, it's done. I thank you, it's done. I worship you, Lord. I'll praise you. I thank you, you're so good. Thank you, Father, it's done. And you know what, and that'll, that'll run, every devil out of the place. They can't handle when you start worshiping and praising. Amen. They, they just can't stand. They just can't stand it. Well, okay, I, I, gotta, I wanna talk about this, but let me just encourage you with this. This is for somebody. But um, I was listening to, Brother Hagin was talking about the power of praise because we pray, but there's a power in praise. And he told a testimony that he kept hearing about this minister that had this incredible testimony of being healed of tuberculosis back in the day when tuberculosis was incurable and everybody died of it. It was very, very communicable. And it's one of the things they actually test, that you, they test you for when you come into America. Not all these people just illegally coming across the border. They can come in with TB and COVID and everything else, they're not a problem. But if you come in legally, you gotta go through the whole doctor thing. It doesn't make any sense, but you know, it makes sense in some alternative universe. But anyway, so you, they actually do a TB test on you because they don't want you coming to America with TB, right? You got the TB test. And um, so this guy had TB and was dying of TB, God healed him. So 
Brother Hagen wanted to hear the testimony, so he, he met him personally. He said, please tell me the whole testimony. And he said, well, you know, I was traveling around as an evangelist, and I contracted TB, and I just kept on ministering as long as I could, um, getting weaker and weaker. I kept asking people, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Every church the guy went to, all over the place, they were praying and praying and praying and, and praying for him. And, and I think that's something missing in this younger generation. They don't, they don't really appreciate the power of prayer. And thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost. It's hard if you're just doing it in, in English and in the, you know, in, in, the, in the flesh, really, but praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost, and then, and then if the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray a particular thing in English, pray that. But just pray, 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 pray in the Holy Spirit, then pray in English, whatever the Holy Ghost prompts you. And then, of course, if there's things you, you want to talk to God about, pray. You pray about those that, that particularly concern you. But anyways, so everybody's praying for him, and he finally, he, he's on his deathbed. He went back to his uh, wife's parents' farm, and that's in back in the days when you did your own laundry with those washboards, right? And no electricity, anything. And he's in the house and he's dying. His, grand, his, his, his father-in-law's out on the farm somewhere. The, the lady's out, outside at the back doing the laundry so there's nobody anywhere near him. And he's lying there in the bed and he's like, Lord, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing's worked. You know, I'm, I'm here, I'm dying if nothing else happens. And he said, so we, we've prayed all we can pray. I mean, Am I missing something somewhere? We couldn't, we couldn't pray any harder. I couldn't have any more people praying for me. So something's missing. And something quickened to him. And the Lord showed him, it's praise. You're missing praise. We really should be like praying 50% and praising 50%. The praising is thanking him, thanking him, thanking, appreciating him. Um, expecting. It's your expectation. It's your hope. It's your confident uh, expectation. And so he dragged himself. I don't know how long it took him. Out of the house and into this clump of bushes. And he's lying, I don't know why he did that, but he did it. And he's lying there and then the devil's telling him, you're gonna die here and the only way, nobody knows you're here, the only way they're gonna find you is when the buzzards attract, are attracted by your dead body, you know. And so he made it hard for himself. <laughs> he got out there and he's lying, on, and of course it's his lungs so he can hardly breathe and he starts worshiping God. So initially it was just like ba barely a whisper. Starts worshiping and worshiping. Thanking God, worshiping God, thanking God, just worshiping God, thanking Him, worshiping, thanking Him, worshiping, thanking, worshiping. And his, his voice began to get louder, and his voice began to get louder, and his voice began to get louder. Two hours later, slowly but surely, his voice got louder and louder and louder. And then he could pull himself up to sit up, and his voice got louder. And then he could, he, he managed to pull himself, he was standing. And there he stood after two hours in full voice, completely healed and delivered. He's completely, you know, probably brand new lungs and in his full strength and went back into full-time ministry and, and honoring the Lord and giving God glory. Hallelujah. So there's a mighty position in your life, the power of praising and thanking God. And as we've talked about the last few days, knowing that God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. Know who your enemy is, know who your father is. Know that God is not the author of all of those things and that is not his plan and will for you. Yes, we live on this earth, stuff happens as the bumper sticker tells us, right? Stuff happens in life, but always remember, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning, and He is the way out of every situation. Amen. He is the way so out of every situation, and you have to keep your hope and your trust and your faith in Him, and put a God on your lips. If you be like 
Take Thumper's mother's advice. If you cannot say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you cannot speak life and you cannot speak faith, keep quiet. Keep your negative thoughts to yourself. Keep your negativity to yourself, but speak life. Speak life and keep confessing it because you need to hear your own voice speak life. Amen. Amen. For, for, absolute, for decades and decades and decades, they've been telling us, and the world, you know, they have their mantras and all those kind of things. They didn't get it first. They stole it from Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But we need to write those things down and confess them every single day. I recommend you take um, the, the love confession, which is Romans 13, from four to eight in the Amplified Version, and everywhere it says love, put I. I patient. I am kind. I am long-suffering. I am not touchy, fretful, or resentful. How many of you have ever had the word leap out of the Bible and slap you? I am not touchy, fretful, or resentful. That's a good one for ladies. How many know what I'm talking about? You say amen or oh me. So when you're being touchy, You're not walking in love, you have not been perfected in love, and you're a big, fat baby. (laughs) Amen. I don't care what your husband's up to, I don't care how obnoxious and difficult he's being, you have no excuse to behave badly. I don't care if it's your time of the month, I don't care if you're pregnant and your hormones are upside down, you have authority over your feelings. Amen. You have authority. In the beginning, it's not easy, but you keep on, you persist, and you don't, you tell your feelings how they're going to feel. Amen. You give yourself a pep talk. You talk the word to yourself. Nobody's better at talking to you than you. Amen. So it's awesome if you've got a a godly husband that can encourage you and speak life into you in, in that area. I'm thankful for mine. But whether you have or you don't, you do it yourself. Amen. You have that power. You have that God's given you the go ahead. Go for it, girl. Nobody's holding you back. Amen. You go for it. So we already kind of got going on, on, on G, A-G. I'm only on G, on agent. But anyway, so we talked about um, God's plan is for us to, to uh, produce fruit and we kind of kind of ended up hanging around by the dead branches getting cut off, the pruning. But the other aspect of growth is to prepare your soil. You gotta prepare the soil, right? So in, in Mark, it talks about all the, the sower sowing the seed. In verse eight, Mark 4, 8, and other seed of the same kind fell into good, well-adapted soil. In other words, the, the entire way through that entire parable, it's the exact same seed. It wasn't a different seed. The result wasn't the result, there was, there, were, there was not a different result because the seed was different. The seed was exactly the, sa- <clears throat> the same in each case. What made the difference was the soil. And the soil is you. The soil is your heart, your life, your mind, you. So the seed fell into the good, well-adapted soil, which is the ideal, and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing, and yielded up to 30 times as much, 60 times as much, and even 100 times as much, as had been sown. Now, if you know the parable, I, I don't have time to go through the whole thing. If you'd like to, you can write that down and go home and look at it if you have never heard it. I'm pretty sure most of you 
have heard this, this parable, but none of the other soil produced fruit. Every, all the other, the, the, the stony ground, uh, the, the, the weedy ground, all, all of that ground, it didn't produce any fruit. The only ground that produced fruit was this well-adapted soil that received the word, cleared all the junk out, so all the weeds and the thorns and the thistles got cleared out, and, and everything was, was cleared out so that the word could come and be planted and grow up unhindered and then bear and produce fruit. Everything in your life is either growing or dying, and it's producing either good fruit or bad fruit. The one of the things about children is you, you have no clue really until they're teenagers, that's when you start really seeing the fruit. That's not the time to start trying to fix things. You gotta fix it when they're little. And remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little teeny things that, that screw everything up. It's the little things that mess up everything in your life. So a lot of times people watch the big things, they don't watch the little things. Nip the little things in the bud. Nip those little attitudes in the bud with your kids. Nip them in the bud. When we would discipline the kids, if they reacted with any anger or anything that wasn't repentance, there was another spanking coming. If you're crying because you're frustrated or you're angry or you, you're getting another spanking. You are gonna, we are gonna stay with this and we're gonna bring whatever correction is required. You have to use wisdom as parents. There's plenty of resources and books that you can read on, on these subjects and plenty of ladies you can ask their counsel that have raised good kids, right? Find somebody that's raised good kids and talk to them and ask them to pray with you. But so it's not just spankings, but it's putting into their life, it's putting the word into them because you, you, you gotta, they've got to learn to be governed from the inside out. You can't be their boundary their whole life of trying to, you know, in, initially when they're little, you are the boundary on the outside, bringing all the correction, thinking for them and telling them what they're going to do. But your, your whole, the whole plan is for you to put the word into them so that they can grow up and have and grow those boundaries on the inside that they govern themselves. The Bible says even a child is known by his doings, whether it's wrong or right, good or evil. They know the difference. You can't tell me a 10-year-old will kill a two-year-old or a baby and they didn't know what they were doing. Perhaps they didn't understand the full-on consequences, but they knew exactly what they were doing. So don't give me that garbage because you were 10 and you can remember you knew what you were doing. When you sneaked around and you pinched your sister's candy, or you, you know, kicked your brother in the shin or whatever you did, you knew what you were doing. Amen. So don't give me that nonsense. We all know. We know. Even if we're not saved, we know. We know what's right or wrong, but you saved, you should really know. The Bible talks about having your senses trained to discern what's good and evil. So when you first get, first get saved, I mean, the Holy Ghost is a full-time job bringing you know, you know, you say something you shouldn't, the Holy Ghost, but you learn after a while, you learn. You start getting, start getting control of your mouth, that's part of growing, walking in love, getting control of your mouth. If you've been saved 60 years and your mouth is still out of control, you're a big fat baby with a diaper on, you, you haven't grown at all, amen. 
So a perfected love walk is the fruit of your growth. Amen. So watch the little things, watch the little rolly eyes, watch the little attitudes. Listen, if your three-year-old's kicking you on the shins, I don't know what they're gonna do to you when they're 16. Disrespect, not allowed. Rebellion and lies. If you spank for nothing else, rebellion and lies. You cannot allow that. That is demonic and ungodly. And the devil wants your kids and you stand in his way. So wake up and do your job. And don't leave it to the church or the, or the Christian school. Wake up and do your job, amen. Let me explain something to you. You are ridiculously in charge. The buck stops with you, it's your house, it's your kids, it's your family. You watch all those nanny shows, they, don't, they can't come in and fix the kids till they first fix the mother and the father. Hello? I'm sorry if I'm scratching in your, kid, in your kitty litter box, but this is your child we're talking about and their life is precious to God. And you do not want your child to go to hell because you are too rebellious and stubborn and silly and you will not do your job and you will not submit to the word yourself. And maybe I'm not talking to anybody here, I'm looking at you, but I, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm talking to every somebody watching. But this is very, very important. And so don't just sit back and act all helpless. The helpless female is when you're trying to get a guy, probably works pretty good. They kind of like to, they, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Some of you are just all too self, if you're too self-sufficient, the guys are gonna think, oh, she doesn't need anybody. I'm just giving you some advice right here. I'm not telling, do not be manipulative. Do not be manipulative. Women resort to manipulation because they don't have any divine influence. When you know that you have divine influence, because we are influencers, that's our gifting. Like the Holy Spirit is an influencer, we are influencers. And so our gifting is to influence, but if we don't have divine influence, we get manipulative. That is ungodly, and you need to nip that in the bud as well, amen. So God has given, you are ridiculously in charge of your house. You're ridiculously in charge of how you treat your husband. You're ridiculously in charge of how you raise your kids and run your home. So get a grip. And if you're feeling convicted right now, listen, we love you, no condemnation, okay? The devil condemns, God convicts. But if that's an area in your life that you're feeling, ow, 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 you know, ow, then you gotta go get with the Father and say, Lord, I need your help in this, please help me. Please help me, please. My prayer was, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need your help, please come and do a work in my heart. That was my prayer, Lord, do a work in my heart. Do a work in my heart. When we first got married, my husband knew squadidly about even managing a bank account, never mind talking to the bank manager or paying the taxes. Nothing, nada. He didn't have, he didn't know, his family didn't, they, they taught him, ex, I mean, as far as the word goes, flowing in the gifts, prophecy, get casting out devils, second to none. Raised in the incredible family he was raised in. But his mom ran the finances, 
And, and you know, he also, everybody has to fight off, you know, the generational fears, poverty devils, you know, the mentalities that hold people back. Everybody's got to fight those. Part of Rodney's, you know, the thing that motivates is him is, I'm not going to be like my family, always talking about stuff and never doing. I'm going to do the things I see in my heart. I'm going to do the things that I talk about. I'm going to be a doer. He had to confront fears in his life, of like fears of heights and fears. So he confronted fears. You don't fix fears by running away from them and avoiding them. You confront them. That's the only way that, that you deal with fears. So he had to break through many, many things. He's not just blessed because he's somebody special. He is special. I think he's very special. But he's, he's just as special as you or me to the Father. The Lord, is, he doesn't you know, differentiate between us. And so each and every one of us, we don't have an excuse. You can't allow your past, what people did to you, to hold you back. You have Jesus. It's a new day. There's nothing that can hold you back. Amen. And so you, you, you can do whatever God says that you can do. So you are ridiculously in charge of your life and, and, your, and your own attitude and everything else. And so, so, you know, rise up and take your place and, and, and appropriate everything that God has for you, that he's, that he's offered you and that he's given you. Amen. And don't make excuses. You can make excuses and be a failure or you can suck it up and say, Lord, t- come touch me and that's it. So my prayer for my husband was, Lord, Please give him wisdom in all the affairs of this life. I should have prayed that a bit more on myself too, (laughs) looking back. But my prayer was, Lord, give him wisdom. And you know what? The Lord has. It's been been remarkable. But God has given him, he has so much wisdom. So much wisdom to share. And you know, that's also one of the things that that I really recommend. We have a a book list and you can can pick it up. We'll, We'll have it set up somewhere, just put the book list there, there, everywhere, and you can take, you can take it. I recommend it. There's a lot more books. We couldn't put everything on there, but, but the love and respect, I really recommend every woman get, and your husband needs to also, get the love and respect, put it on audiobooks or, or read it. You have to. It's really, really important by Emerson Egerich. There's a lot of different books that, that talk about, touch on aspects, but this really brings it into the real, and it really gives you some good tools. And, and one of the things is just actually respecting your husband's counsel and advice. Some of us, we're so busy running our mouth, and maybe you're the one in the house that's the more spiritual one, and so you just take the lead in those things. Sometimes you need to just step back and ask him what he thinks, because he thinks a lot of things, but he doesn't get a word in edgeways. It's getting real here. Look, I'm, and I'm not saying this to you because I'm perfect. I'm saying this to you because I learned these things right? Because we see things through the pink glasses, they see things through the blue glasses, and we just don't understand why they are like they are, and why, 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 why. And then when we understand, we're like, oh, I get it now. And then I understand why the Word tells me this is what I need to do. Listen, the older you get, the smarter you get, and I'm talking about smarter in the things of God, you realize God's Word is only true. And if you violate it, you shortchange yourself, and you miss out. Amen. So God's word needs to be able to apply in every area of our life. And we need to be humble enough to humble ourselves, to honor our husbands, to respect them, to show them respect. Listen, respect is just being polite, talking nicely, kindly. In her tongue is the law of kindness. Don't be all <laughs> to everybody out there and then to your family. That, no, that is not right. And you're sowing bad seeds. And just that talking to your husband like, 
And you know, I watch a couple, they roll their eyes and they talk rudely to each other. I'm like, ooh, I, I give that relationship about, you know, a couple of years. And then the sad thing is to watch marriages that break up after 20 years because the husband just can't take the nagging, contentious, controlling woman. You are ridiculously in charge of your attitude. You are ridiculously in charge of your mouth. I thank God for the Holy Spirit and the many times that not even knowing what I was doing, but I just kept my mouth closed. It saved me from a lot of trouble. Not me getting into trouble, but from causing trouble. And it's also a sign of respect. You can show respect to your husband or anybody else by just shutting your mouth. You would think that would be easy, but it's not for a lot of us. Just be quiet and listen, and maybe you'll learn something, amen. I'm telling you this because this will help you, this will bless you, this will only enhance your marriage and your, and your, your relationship with your children, amen. So remember, whatever's coming out of your mouth, it needs to be gracious, it needs to be kind. It needs to be, you can be firm. My mother was firm and kind. She took no nonsense. She nipped things in the bud, we got told off, we got spanked, and then it was done. The rest of the time, she didn't hammer us and handpick us with her mouth. She didn't bring up what we did and remind us. Amen. Then my favorite is, when, when, it's not my favorite, I'm saying that like, the, I mean the opposite. When someone, you know, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> and then two weeks later, they vomit it all on you. After it sat in there and swirled around and got 10 times stinkier. <laughs> Don't do that. Learn how to communicate and talk about it in a nice way. Learn how to fight. Learn how to have disagreements and sort them out properly. There's so many materials available that can even preach it to you better than I can. So many, lot on those book lists. You know, one of the books I think is by Henry, really it's Henry Cloud, I don't know if it's Cloud and Townsend or just Henry Cloud is, is how to have difficult conversations. It'll work for husbands, kids, friends, your boss, perfect. I haven't read the whole thing, I just got a whole lot of the books and went through them. But there's a, there's a lot, of, all I'm saying, there's a lot of resources, amen. So we need to prepare our own soil. We need to lay our lime to prune away anything that's, that's you know, not, not benefiting us. Trust the Holy Spirit, right? Trust him. If he prunes, if there's some things he prunes out of your life, trust him. Let him prune it. Maybe he'll prune some people out of your life. And please, you know, I understand, there's this whole, when people talk about toxic people really kind of bothers me, you know? Because a lot of the people talking about toxic people are the toxic people. Oh. Amen. And go, go where you celebrated, not where you tolerated. You know, that's true in, a, in one sense, but in another sense, not really. Amen. Because if you're gonna preach the gospel, you're gonna go somewhere where they're gonna throw rocks at you or try to throw you off cliffs. So if you're gonna only go where you celebrated, how are you gonna preach the gospel to the, to the ungodly world out there that don't wanna hear it? Yeah. Amen, yeah. hallelujah. Yeah. 
Now, when, when it comes to your, your close friendships, choose people that are going to speak grace and truth to you. People that actually love you, because some people just want to criticize to criticize to pick you apart. That's not constructive. And don't be that person. Don't criticize just to criticize. Something very valuable I learned from the Lord many years ago that really helped me. He said, you may have the right to judge. I mean, I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. That is the wrong, totally opposite. You may have a reason to judge, but you don't have the right. You may have a a reason to judge someone else's, what they've done or their motives. You do not have the right. You know, that actually was a load off for me. (laughs) Because as a Christian, you want to stand for what's righteous. So you might have a reason to judge someone for their bad behavior, you do not have the right. That's God's to do. So if it's bothering you what someone's doing, just pray for them. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Like I I said to you, my husband, the Lord told him, whoever you criticize, I'm gonna make you wash their feet. Whoever you criticize, I'm gonna make you wash their feet. So some of you might need to think of some people that you've been criticizing and being nasty about or nasty to, and you need to humble yourself and you need to apologize and you need to take them a gift. Amen? You need to take them a gift, pray about it, take them a gift, and just go love them and bless them. And if, if, you, if they, you know, some people you don't necessarily want to have a full-on, full-time relationship with them, but you wanna just have peace. And they can, over there can do their thing and you over here, but and you love each other from a distance, it's okay sometimes to do that, right? But you, you have to think loving and kind thoughts about them and speak lovingly and kindly about them. And again, like you know, the Bible tells us, the hardest thing to get under control is that mouth. And so that's what you're gonna have to always work on and you can only do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this stuff in the flesh. See, if you, the reason that a lot of us are stuck is because we try to do it in our own ability. It's not possible. It's not possible. Ask the Holy Ghost to help you. Put the word on the inside of yourself and ask the Holy Ghost to help you. Amen. I can't do this. You can't. Every minister lady will tell you they've learned. I can't do this by myself. I need God's grace. I need His grace every day. I need His wisdom every day. And do I miss it? All the time. Mostly, Say stuff that escapes out of my mouth that didn't need to. So, you know, I actually started training myself when I was first saved even and just trying to make it a habit that if I say something I shouldn't and the Holy Ghost convicts me or I know I shouldn't have, that to apologize straight away. I made myself, I mean, that's humbling, but I just, I, it, was, it was me spanking myself. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to give yourself a spanking and just make yourself humble yourself and just listen that we don't have anything to prove we we here to love to serve to give doesn't matter what anybody else thinks doesn't matter what they think of us we're not trying to be something i, I don't even want to like even in ministry circles there's people that it's, they're always looking at you know what shoes you have and your watch and what handbag you have and so for the longest time i, I refuse to even buy an expensive handbag or just for because i, I I refuse to be a clone, I refuse to be put in a box, and I refuse to be judged by my outsides about what house I live in, what car. You know, you take me as me, or or, or I don't need you in my life. Amen. So I have friends that buy me expensive handbags. I don't know what to say, but anyway. (laughs) I didn't say no, I received it, and I praised the Lord. 
But what I'm, I'm just talking about the image that's pro projected. You know what I'm saying? Because you get in there and you feel hopelessly insecure and that you don't measure up. And, it's, and I'm like, this doesn't feel godly to me. You know what I mean? So our heart always has been in the church here with the ladies, with the gentlemen, with everybody, is to welcome everybody, to love everybody. They come in, most of them need a lot of fixing. Some of them need a little bit of fixing. Some of them need a lot of fixing. We just love them and we, because we, we know if we just get them under the anointing long enough, God will change them. Amen. The Lord will do a work on them. The Lord will change them. So we, 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 don't, we don't say, you know, you can only come in here if, if you match up to our level of perfectness of what we look at at the outside, because that doesn't mean a thing. Man looks at the outside, God looks on the heart. But everybody's welcome, come in. We don't expect you to be a clone of me or a clone of Pastor Rodney. We don't expect you to dress like us exactly and look like us exactly and act like us. We expect you to be you. We expect you to, to yield to the Holy Spirit, to let Jesus do his work in you, let him shine through you, and for you to be the color of you. You don't have to be our color. We want you to be your color. We, 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 because there's, there's gifts and graces on you, right? G for gifts and grace, the grace of God and graciousness and grace and gifts and God gifted you. And he's put things in you and he's put ideas in you and he's put creativity in you and he's put stuff in you that we haven't even thought of. And he's gonna use you to reach some people that, that, that we couldn't reach. And he's gonna put you in some places. I mean, why do you think we scholarship everybody here? We're not stupid. We're, we're investing into you so you can hopefully get everything you can get. And if you're a Bible school student, we're very disappointed if you don't take every advantage of your scholarship and, and press into every class and read every book and get it in your heart and really, really get it and go out and go shake the planet. Hallelujah, that's what we want. We're offering you the seed. Now, it's up to you. Are you gonna make your soil ready to receive the seed so that it can grow and bear fruit? We wanna see this. We wanna see everybody succeed as far as God measures success, right? We wanna see everybody fulfilled and doing what they're supposed to do. And not everybody is called to pulpit ministry and please don't feel that pressure. Just, just be who God call, has called you to be. Even if it looks small, don't, never, listen, never despise the small things. The Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. People despised us, 20 and 19, who do you think you are? The thing is we, didn't, we don't think we're anybody. When, when ministers have been really rude to my husband and said to him, you're not a pastor, especially when the Lord told us to, you're not a pastor, and the guy should have just stopped there, but he goes, and he didn't know anything, you know. Because again, people just look at what they think they know and they're not speaking out. Listen, if someone's speaking out of the Holy Spirit, we'll listen to it. If you're speaking out of your head, keep it, keep it to yourself. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, so, you're not a pastor, come to think of it. You're not a prophet, you're not an apostle, you're not a teacher, you're not a, what's the other one? Evangelist. I don't know why the guy even said that. We're so stupid. He kind of apologized for it later, he did. A lot of people don't apologize, but he did apologize later. But you know what, thank God my husband's humble enough to just go, he started laughing. He's like, you know, you just confirm what I've said for years, I'm nothing Lord and you are everything. <laughs> when you refuse to be arrogant, when you refuse to take the criticism and you refuse to also take the glory, 
Amen. Because if you're not going to take the glory, don't take the criticism either. Just say, hey, if you don't like what I do or you don't like who I am, talk to my dad. Talk to my dad. I'm just doing what my dad told me to do. And so the boss told me I'm following the boss's orders. You got a problem with that? Talk to him. Amen. Amen. See, if it's a work of the flesh, if you built it yourself, if it was your idea and you're being pushy and ambitious in the flesh and somebody criticizes you, you have to defend it. Get all touchy and blah, blah, blah. See, when people get touchy about something, it's because it's, it's a fleshly thing. But if you know God's told you and people can say whatever horrendous thing to you and it can be water for ducks back because it's like, that's not my problem. Something I learned from, from Pastor Wayne Gulliam many years ago, that's their can of worms. Sometimes you just gotta look at people, because especially as women, it's like somebody will manifest some ungodly thing and you'll let it affect you. You'll take it and you'll let it affect you. Remember, it's their can of worms. What you can learn from the boundary books is that you are responsible. Say, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible to you. So each of us, I'm res- Adonica is responsible for Adonica. Kirsten is responsible for Kirsten. Katie is responsible for Katie. Lucy is responsible for Lucy. But I'm responsible to Rodney. I'm responsible to Kirsten. I'm responsible to Katie. I'm responsible to my husband. I'm responsible to my other kids. I'm responsible to my grandkids. I'm responsible to all of you. But I'm responsible for me. This will save your marriage. This will save your relationships. It's their can of worms, their problem. They need to work out. Don't try and solve people's problems for them. Don't try and solve all your child's problems. Give them the tools, give them the word, and let them figure it out themselves. Amen? Let them figure it out. Some, you know, you're counseling. Sometimes, you, you know, and, and I know the Lord had to bring me correction. And that's you, you tell people what they should be doing. Don't tell them what they should be doing because then, then they can turn around and say, well, well you told me. And, no. This is what the Word says. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Okay, so you guys are getting married. Okay, you're going to need, what's your budget? You're going to have to have some money. You're going to have to be able to pay these bills. You have to get a place to live and food and everything. How are you going to pay this? So you don't tell them, look, you can't get married because you don't have a job. Right. You say, you're getting married, you're going to need some money. How are you going to get the money? What are you going to do about it? Don't solve everybody's problems. Give them the tools to solve their own problems. That's how you raise independent, healthy children. Give them the tools to solve their own problems. You didn't do your homework or you left it at home, the dog ate it and the teachers, you know, you get into trouble, you got detention or whatever, you get to do detention. Don't come in and swoop in there and rebuke the teacher. I know I'm not talking to anybody here because you would never dream of doing that. You see, it starts with the kids. They cheat, they get an A by cheating where they should have got an F. The teacher gives them an F the mother comes in and just about beats the teacher up and insists they give the, the kid an A. The principal caves, the teacher quits, and that child grows up to be a Democrat. No, I'm just kidding.
idea. <laughs> I didn't mean to start an argument. <laughs> but you'll remember that, but anyway. Now, do you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, this, it's these people that they want to cheat. And they want us to say, it's okay for you to cheat. It's not. It's not, not, not okay for you to cheat and lie and steal. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Amen. <clears throat> I'm not trying to, you know, I, I just said that for fun. But, <laughs> but election huh? An election rigor. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, today it's like, all values and integrity is thrown out the window. And, and, and the Bible tells us that's where things go. If you don't have the word of God, then the, everything's upside down. They call good bad and bad good. I mean, we're seeing that manifested right now. And so, you know, really more than Republican and Democrat, what I've seen, I don't know about you, but over the last four, five, six years, I have seen the believers and that whole antichrist spirit, you're seeing a very you're seeing that's where the dividing line is. Amen. It's not Trump supporters and Hillary or Biden supporters. It is, it's darkness and light. It's darkness and light. It's darkness and light. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and no, we don't put our faith in a man, but we, we do need leadership. So we'll get behind a leader that stands for what's right. And it just it breaks my heart that there were so many lies that were perpetrated about the last four years because there was so much good that was done. So, and people can't see it because of those people on the media. I can't listen to them. The, the lies, it just grieves my spirit so bad that they get up there constantly and lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. It probably bugs me more than it should, but it's, I just, I can't stand lies. I, we, we need truth. We need the truth. We need the truth. And, and, the, and the, God's word is that dividing line of truth. Amen. And so, you know, because like as Pastor Rodney says, two heads are the same snake and all of that kind of stuff. In fact, you know, the Democrats didn't even, it, it concerns me what they do or the people that, the people that tend to gravitate towards that party because um, we know what they are, right? We, we know that they want to kill babies all the way up to, I mean, they just want to do horrendous things. They're just very, they use people. They don't, they don't value people. They don't care you know, what color you are because they care about you. They just care to use you for their ends and manipulate you. All they care about is power, really. So that's, that's that demonic realm of influence. But then what's worse is those people in the Republican Party that, that, are, that totally sold us out and betrayed us. That's, that's the worst. It's the ones that act like, they act like they're on the good side and they're really working for the, for the devil and they're paid, they're working for whoever pays them. Right? So that, in a sense, that's the hot, cold, and lukewarm. Because God says, I'd rather have you cold. I really would like you to be hot. But lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out, out my mouth. And the thing is, if you're lukewarm, you're just going to get crunched in the wheels. And it's sad that many people in the church are falling for this all critical race theory and all this stuff. That's, it's all Marxist-inspired, and it's a whole plan. All of the stuff that you're seeing, all of it is to drive us towards communism. All of it is to drive you towards communism. And, um, and, and if you educate yourself and you know what's going on, you, you can see this, and this is not a conspiracy theory. And we've got ladies here from Poland, and we've got, you know, we know Hungary, amen, and even Finland. 
socialism. They know about socialism in Finland, right? And everybody puts all the Scandinavian countries are the socialist ideal. No, they're not. You talk to the people there and you'll find out, they're, first of all, they're not fully socialist. Um, yeah, I mean, Denmark, they, everyone, Denmark is more free market than America is. They have less regulation. Jeez, I, this is not a political thing. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is let, let, let not, let's not let that stuff divide us. Let's not get distracted by it. It's good to speak out and it's good to speak the truth and we need to speak it boldly and not hold back. And honestly, you know, I thank God, you know, whoever gets offended must, must just go somewhere where they say stuff they like to hear. But I'll tell you this, our church was ready for last year. Maybe, maybe we weren't fully ready. We weren't, I mean, I, don't, I was not excited about, you know, having to battle for toilet paper. I don't know about you and I don't know why it had to be toilet paper. So some of the stuff was a little it was a little difficult, but thank God for his word. And thank God that we weren't caught unawares. I mean, it was like breathtaking how fast it happened. It was breathtaking that, that it happened right now because you always think at the last days or the end times of how things are gonna happen. But it's breathtaking that, that just they use one simple virus to, to, to achieve so many goals, right? To shut the church, to separate us from each other, um, you know, to, to, to push this whole, um, you know, to get people to comply to whatever dumb rule just because they say so. That doesn't even make sense and doesn't, and then any doctor or sensible, actually actual educate, actual science person that knows what they're talking about, anybody who spoke out was squelched like a bug. Their careers destroyed, their reputations destroyed. This was a government whole whatever, you know what I'm saying. So we need to understand, we need to see past that, but we need to see God moving in everything. And then always never, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged, don't get discouraged. I mean, just get excited, get excited. In fact, my husband kind of freaked me out at the beginning, you know, he got arrested and everything else, and it was like, like you know, we're, you know say, Jesus is coming soon, he starts crying because he's seeing himself going to heaven, and I'm like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Just slow it right down, mister, just, you're not going nowhere. You're, 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 you're saying right here, I need you. If nobody else needs you, I need you. But there's a lot of people that depend on you. And then it kind of freaked me like, you know, but then, then I started thinking and then it's like heaven, you know, in the middle of the whole thing, I'm like, you know, heaven sounds really good right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but you know what, we need, we need to, we, no, we have a job to do, so we're not going anywhere till, till it's our time. We're not going anywhere until the job's done that God's called us to. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so we need to be growing. Colossians 1, 9, 10 says, talks about bearing fruit in, good, in every good work, steadily growing and increasing. I love uh, Psalm 92. This is the Psalm God spoke over us when he called us. Well, he, we knew we were called to America, but when he opened the door for us to come to America, this was our Psalm. But uh, Psalm 92, verse 12 through 15, the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace, Growing in grace, growing in grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Hallelujah. They shall be full of the sap of spiritual vitality and rich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
how beautiful is it that God makes us beautiful and he makes us useful and he, he at, and, and it's all for his glory. And God's word to us, and this is for every one of you. God spoke to us, he said, I'll take you into dry places and I will cause an oasis to spring up. And every time we'd be in a dry place and I'd start even thinking about complaining, the Lord would remind me, well, I'm going to send you into a dry place, but I will cause an oasis. You carry an oasis. You carry, not only, you have that river on the inside of you. You bring life, you bring an oasis, you bring refreshing wherever you go because of Him on the inside of you. And, and as you submit to Him and obey Him and are used by Him, He, so you, you wanna bring God glory? Just let Him use you. You wanna bring God honor? Let Him use you to the fullest extent. Make yourself available. Do the purging. Burn. Run away from everything that's evil and wrong. Cut it out of your life, purge it out. Put off the old man. Put on the new, created in righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Because you are a work in progress and holiness, holiness, holiness. That's what God's doing. He's refining you like gold in the fire. You're gonna come out this, this vessel. You, you won't even believe yourself. I don't care if you started out a clay pot and how wobbly and, you know, <laughs> Have you ever tried to do something with clay and yourself and you look at how the people who do it all the time do it, it looks a whole lot different. Yours is all you know, falling over and theirs is so standing up and perfect. And you might feel like that clay pot that some six-year-old made, but you just allow the Lord to keep on doing the work in you. Keep on. And then, listen, you, you can't just, listen, you need to make room, Right? You need to make room. So you need to give out what he's given you so that you can make room for more. You need to keep, so don't just, Lord, touch me, touch me, touch me. It's like the people sitting, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. When are you gonna get off your blessed assurance and go lead somebody to Jesus? You don't need another prophetic word. You need a kick in the pants is what you need. But people, fill me up, I wanna touch, fill me. And people go from meeting to meeting just for a touch. Ooh, and the goosebumps, get up and give it out. I mean. Listen, I was, I was intimidated in initially to speak and to minister to ladies. I'm like, Lord, I don't have, I don't have, very, you know, I don't have anything to give. And the Lord says, you have more than they do. So give what you have. It might look very small. Give what you have. Give what you have. Give what you have. And then he'll give you more. Give that and he'll give you more. Give that and he'll give you more. Amen. It doesn't just work with finances. It works with everything in your life. Give out, give out. Bless, bless, bless. Don't lecture. The temptation is to lecture. Don't lecture. Give, bless, encourage. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, reproof, reprove. Sometimes re grace and truth. Speak the truth with grace. It's God's plan for the church to grow, grow and multiply. Acts, Acts 9, all the way through, the church grew, the church grew, the church grew. When we're doing our job, the church is growing. Amen. God will grow the church. It'll just happen. If each of us, each of us, don't leave it to someone else, each of us does our part. God wants us to grow in grace and knowledge. He also wants us to guard our, life, our heart. I mentioned, we mentioned a little bit this week, God, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance above all that you guard. Before anything else, guard your heart, guard your thought life, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And then the fruit, the stuff that comes out of you, every man out of what's inside of him, the tree is good or it's bad, 
the fruit is going to be good if the root is good. The fruit is going to be bad if the root is bad. So everything originates in your heart. So deal with your thought life. Nip thoughts in the bud. Thoughts of defeat, thoughts of lack, but also thoughts of nastiness towards other people. You know what I mean? Just, just any, any bad thought. Just nip it in the bud. I mean, God tells us to think of, of things that are, are, are virtuous and good. And, and um, I mean, he has a whole list of things. So if you're wondering what to think, he has a whole list of things to think. You know, think on these things. Amen. If there's be any virtue, if there be any praise, that's what you need to be thinking. If you're thinking anything else, uh, cast down every vain imagination, every high thing that exalts itself. What is that? That's like that, the devil trying to exalt himself up above the throne of God. So he's going to send thoughts your way that try to exalt themselves above God's word. God says, I've exalted my word above my name. God's word's exalted above his name because you're only as good as your word. Your name is only good as your word. So when the devil starts, hath God said. Are you sure God said that? Send him packing as soon as possible. Don't be Eve who listened, who stood there and listened. Amen. Amen. What about Psalm 1? It says, you know, blessed is, is the man who, who, who you know, listens and obeys and trusts the Lord, right? And, and presses into his word and puts the word in his heart and the woman. But the person that, you know, let's, let's go, let me just run over there. Psalm 1. If you have your Bibles. I hope you have. I couldn't believe it the other day. All the people that sat down because they didn't have their Bible. I know it's heavy. I know you're running around serving, but you need to have, have a little one. Have a Bible. You get those little bags, you know, you get the little bags you stick your phone in. Get one of those. Stick your Bible in. It's not good enough to have this. What happens when they zap your phone? How, how much stuff have they zapped already and taken away? Make sure you have hard copies of your concordance, of your Bible. Everything is valuable to you. Get a hard copy. Because the devil is running the internet. So if your whole life is on there, just like that, someone can flip a switch and your life, your bank account is gone. Because all it is is numbers on a screen, right? That's why dependence cannot be in any of these things. It has to be on God and his, provisional, his provision. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. But her delight is in the law of the Lord and in his Lord does she meditate day and night. And she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in season. Her leaf also shall not wither and whatever she does shall prosper. So have you noticed? Walking with the ungodly, standing with the sinners, sitting with the mockers. There's a progression. So if you start taking ungodly counsel, you walk with them. Next thing, you're standing and they've influenced you. Then you become one of them. So don't take the ungodly counsel. Don't just shut it out, switch it off. Don't listen to it. Listen to that which is good, that which is life. Just take the Bible Get the Bible on tape and, and let it play, let it play, let it play, let it play. So God is full of grace. You know, the, the meaning of grace, charis, in the Greek, graciousness, is a manner or act uh, um, which is abstract or concrete, literal, figurative, or spiritual, especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, including gratitude. So God pours out his grace on us and it's reflected out of us in gratitude. 
Shall I say that again? God pours his grace on us, in us. We are saved by faith through grace. And he, his grace, he, everything in, in our life is his grace. He pours his grace into us and it's reflected through us as gratitude. If you are ungrateful, you, that shows that you do not appreciate the grace. You have not valued it. It's not valuable to you. See, things are as valuable to you as you choose them to be. Amen? Things are as valuable to you as you, the value you put on them is what they are. We decide the value of everything. everything. Who decides that gold is worth more than silver? We decided that. Amen? We, it's what we place value on makes us valuable. That's what the agape love of God is. He loves us, he places value on us, and that's what makes us valuable. That's what makes us priceless. That's what makes us precious, is the value he places on us. Not the value we place on ourselves or the value someone else places on us. But we are precious, priceless, and valuable because, because he says so. Because he has determined that. I love that grace carries in it that he's accepted us, he benefits us, grace benefits us, it makes us acceptable. Favor, it's his favor, his grace is also his favor. Favor will take you where money, money will never be able to take you. It's a, it's a free gift, so it's, it's, it's general, it has to do with liberality and generosity. Grace and graciousness is liberality, generosity. That's how it's defined. Joy, thankfulness, undeserved favor. Amen. The Bible says the law is given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In the, in the early church, it says great grace. I like this. It says great grace was upon them all. And then it goes straight into, and none of them had any lack. Great grace was upon them all, and none of them lacked anything. Amen. Thank God for his grace in every area. We are justified freely by his grace. We have an abundance of grace. We have riches of grace. We have the exceeding riches of his grace. We are his workmanship, uh, created unto good works and ordained to walk in good works. God ordained us before the foundation of the earth. We were ordained to walk in holiness. We were ordained to walk in his grace and his good works. Then the throne of grace, we can come freely to the throne of grace to ask for help. So that's why it's so important, submit to God and resist the devil. You cannot res- effectively resist the devil. I mean, you can rebuke him all day long, but he's, he's just gonna laugh at you until you first submit it to God. Your life must be first submit fully to God in everything, and then resist the devil. So I do have some teachings that I probably need to update, but they were done in the Bible school. I have Love Walk and I have um, Matters of the Heart. And I really encourage you to get those and to listen to those. I think they're available as downloads and, and everything else. So we might, um, maybe we'll make some of those available. I don't know, we'll see. Um, but you really need to get those and just, just go into that more because it'll really help you a lot. God gives grace to the humble. That's James 4. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. We are heirs together, husband and wife, heirs together the grace of life. So it tells the husbands, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of the word and knowledge of who she is. See, God makes men slow down. Men are in a hurry with everything. 
and I'm not going to go into detail, but they're in a hurry with everything. But God makes them slow down and get to know us. There's a very good book by Kevin Lehman. It's, it's, it says, um, okay, I'm not going to say the word, but stuff begins in the kitchen. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what happens at the end of the day ha- starts in the kitchen. So it's not a case of your husband being mean to you all day long and then, hey, honey, I need you now. Well, guess what? <laughs> You've been mean to me all day and I'm not in the mood and I have a headache. So, dwell with your wife according to knowledge, get to know her, appreciate her, and be nice to her all day long, and she'll be nice to you later on. Okay. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. So, remember that we are heirs together of the grace of God. Amen. And don't you singles tell me, I don't want to go to women's conference because they always talk about marriage and I'm single. Are you going to be single forever? Now's the time to learn, ladies, because when the guy comes along, everything happens so fast, you don't have time to go, oh, let me, let me go find the book and figure out how to do this. You better have learned some of these principles and put them in your heart, right? And, and get rid of all that worldly influence of, I don't wanna get married, I don't need anybody. You're gonna be 70 years old with nobody. So your relationships is very important. So get married for goodness sake. The Lord didn't say, Get married and have kids or your, yeah, Adam, Eve, have a lot of babies and fill up the earth. He didn't say stop until some man decides what number is the good number to stop at. That whole fossil fuel thing, anyway, that's a lie. It's not even, oil is not a fossil fuel. It's not made out of fossils. The earth makes oil by itself. Look it up, read it up, whatever. Just go find, go find the facts, but that's true, amen? Nothing's running out. Stuff runs out for the ungodly. Nothing runs out for the godly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God blesses your ground, he blesses your, he blesses everything, everything. There's a valley in Guatemala. They produce more in that few little, in that small place than like, any, you know, per, per, acre than anywhere else in Guatemala. Why? Because everybody in that valley is a Christian, fully on fire, serving God. I I come from Africa. They're not poor because of lack of education. They're poor because they worship devils. When they truly get saved and they get rid of the ancestral worship and all that garbage, then, then blessing comes. Is that not right? I'm telling you the truth. Blessing comes when they fully embrace the gospel. Amen. Because it's not just saying, Jesus, you my Lord. Everybody in Africa will say that with you, but it's like letting go of all of those things they've got tied around them, the witch doctors and and all that demonic stuff, right? So, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. His grace and favor is on us. We're not running out of anything. So, and then like, well, I don't wanna have children. That is an ungodly, selfish, demonic, inspired, whatever. And yes, all of us go, I don't know what the future holds, I'm, cons- you know, if I look at things in natural, I could be concerned for my grandkids or what they'll have to endure or whatever. But let me tell you, God didn't say stop having kids when things get tough. He just said keep having kids, why? And then teach them. That's why it's so important that they personally know Jesus. Not because, and, and listen, that was so important to me that my kids didn't serve Jesus because I told them to or because we did, but they actually had that experience of their own relationship with the Lord. It had to be real to them. So that's where the influence comes in. That's where 
surround them with love and grace and the word. Tell them how much God loves them because then they, they, won't, they, they need to come to that place. All of us need to come to that place where we don't wanna do anything wrong, not because we're afraid of punishment, but because we're afraid to let God down. Why don't we use the word afraid? But we refuse to let God down. We refuse to fail Him. And I mean, I've heard testimonies of young men who they had, they had so many opportunities to sin, but because they, their mom and their, their parents and their grandparents were so, so believed in Him and were so kind and so gracious, He just couldn't hurt them like that. And so He chose not to sin because He didn't want to hurt them. And so we need to choose not to sin because we don't want to hurt our heavenly Father. And we don't want to hurt our relationship with Him and damage our relationship with Him. And so that's what you have to cultivate in your child. And if you say, I don't know how to do that, stay in the Word, stay in church, keep praying, be a, get around godly women, amen, and learn how to do that. God will help you. He'll 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 help you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so every one of us needs to have that, our own relationship with, with the Lord, and it's, it's so important that, um, I think there's something else I was gonna say with that, but anyways, let me carry on here. So God is gracious, he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and loving kindness and truth. He get, it takes such a long, 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 long time for him to get mad. I don't have enough longs in there, I kind of put a few dot, dot, dots and then sit along, right? But he, on a dime, he turns around to forgive. Isn't that incredible? My husband's really been an example to me in that because we'd have a discussion, a robust discussion, and I'd still be mad and it takes me a while to calm down and cool down before I can, okay, I'm sorry. And he will turn on a dime. He'll go in from one thing, I'm like, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I'm like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> so I had to learn to like, fix my attitude a whole lot faster. <laughs> that takes, listen, it takes a lot of humility to be married. Yeah. It takes a buttload of humility to be a mother, right? <laughs> because, hey, I, I, one good advice I heard, thankfully, from a pastor that wrote a book about kids, he said, he said don't be, because everybody picks on the pastor's kids, they said, don't be, you know, shocked, because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Don't, but the rod of correction, We'll drive it far from him. He said, don't be shocked if my kids do foolish things, but do be shocked if I don't do anything about it. And the main thing you can do if you're in the congregation is fit a cork in your mouth and pray for the pastor and pray for his kids. Because the Bible says that the, you know, the devil tries to take the leader out, the shepherd out, scatter the sheep. Pray for your pastors. Pray, pray, pray. Don't criticize, pray. Pray, amen. Pray for your leadership. So, I love this, it's, a lot of people say this sort of at the end of things, but uh, the Lord bless you, watch God and keep you, make his face shine upon you, enlighten you, be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving favor to you. The Lord lift up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart and life continually. You know, isn't that beautiful? Women, we, we read you know, faces very, very well. Um, it's, it's, it's innate in us, you know, that, that woman's intuition it's actually reading faces. We're very good at it, whether we realize it or not. And the negative on that is that when we're very, very little, if we have very stern parents, very un, like that they don't have, like, a, like there's no, we don't see anybody with a kind face and we don't hear kind words, we develop a thing in our heart of insecurity and inferiority. And it was that whole Eve thing, you're gonna look to Adam. So we look to our mother, but our dad especially for our self-image. 
We look to the boyfriends. So a girl that has that missing in her life has to guard her heart to not run after every boy that shows her a bit of attention. Because he may not be giving you a good kind of attention. He may just be trying to manipulate you because they know how to. Boys can be every bit as manipulative as girls. They're trying to manipulate you into giving them, just robbing you of the thing that's most precious to you, which is your virginity. Amen. So they'll just chew you up and spit you out. And if you are vulnerable in that area, you're not even going to see it coming because you're so needy that they'll feed that. I mean, you know, anyway. But I was going to say, you know, there's a lot of guys teach other guys how to manipulate women. You know, like they're nice to them and then they're mean to them and they're nice to them and they get her on this like little zigzaggy string until she's like, (laughs) and the guy's like, treats her like garbage and she can't get herself out of there. And it's demonic. It's demonic. So, so there are these things then, some of us have experienced that, but thank God, Jesus comes in and he does that work in our heart. Amen. I mean, you know, you hear Caroline Leaf talking about the brain and like everybody needs to read the who switched off my brain. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal. It'll help everybody, save people, unsafe people. It'll help. It, 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 I've seen it, I've watched it absolutely transform people's lives. And when you understand, when I read that, I realized God does that on the floor. He did that for me on the floor. He's done that for other women on the floor that have experienced terrible trauma and rape and all kinds of stuff. And on the floor, God rewired their brain. He touched their heart and rewired their brain. Isn't that incredible? So there's nothing God cannot do. There's nothing he cannot fix in your life if you will, if you will just believe and trust and know. Amen. Amen. He, will, he will fix everything in your life. And the only thing that's gonna stop him is your doubt and unbelief. And thinking, well, he can do this, but he can't do that. Because we all tend to, oh, we, we, we allow God to work in some areas of our life, and then the other areas, for some reason, we've got this mental block, oh, he can't fix that. Yes, he can. He can. So press in for it. If there's something the Holy Spirit is quick, that quickens to you, just say, Lord, that, please touch this area of my life. I, you know, you might, you might feel completely helpless and hopeless and not know how to fix it, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Hope and a future. Hope, hope, hope. Hope. And, and the Holy Spirit will inspire that hope in you. you know, and once you have that hope, then you have something to attach the faith to. You know, it's kind of like, like if you need to get a rope, <laughs> or if, you know, a rope somewhere, a lot of times you have to use a string just to get the rope somewhere and then the rope's where it's supposed to do. So even if it's just a little skinny, little tiny, little sliver of hope of a string, that rope of faith is following right behind it. Amen. And just send it in, that, in, the, in the direction it's supposed to go and God will do the rest. I, I've seen him, oh, how, how many of you can testify what God has done for you and God done for others? It's been, it, it blows your mind. Listen, even, even situations where I gave up on, even relationships, marriages, everything, I'm like, you know what? you guys are a mess. You just probably shouldn't have got married in the first place, you know? And I hesitate to say that because you got married, the, you know, in our, in our marriage, in the ceremony, we're like, if anybody objects, say now. Okay, nobody objects. Okay, I do, I do, you're married. Okay, now we all agree with this marriage. So you come back three months later and say, I shouldn't have married them. Too bad, you did. And we agreed with the marriage, so we're not agreeing with the divorce, right? We agree with the marriage. So we'll do everything we can to, to protect that and to do, but there's some cases where you're just like, Ugh, I don't even know what to do in this situation. It's like, you guys are just, 
It's not, and yet, and I've seen God do miracles. Uh, and I've been, I've had to be like, well, God, I was wrong and you were right. And, and you know what I'm saying? And I'm just glad he was right. But when, we, when we've given up, God hasn't even begun yet. <laughs> so just, just don't lose your hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Because at least you, you're going to have something to attach your faith to. Amen. Listen, if, 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 you, left, if you don't get in the word and you just let your thoughts run, you, you're going to stay stuck. Stuck, stuck, stuck. A lot of you are physically somewhere because of where you are mentally. Your, where you are now is a direct result of what you think, what you have thought, what you decided, what you said and what you did. Everything starts out of the way you think, what you think, your, your entire outlook. And all of this is dictated by the sense realm and by what you can see, touch, taste, and feel. But there's another realm that we can't see, that spirit that has preeminence and, and, and uh, has authority over all of that. And so we need to tap into spirit and we need to allow God to come in and touch bodies, heart, mind, everything change and radically change. Amen. It's amazing what happens to people the moment they're born again. It is, it's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. A gracious woman retains honor. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious and win him favor. First Peter 2, 2 and 3 says, like newborn babies should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk that you by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation, since you've already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's not up to God, it's up to you. You need to taste and see. Psalm 34, this, is, this was a, a foundation scripture for the revival, for Pastor Rodney and I, was Psalm 34, eight through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, because there's no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and do suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Taste and see. Hallelujah. God is generous. We need to be generous. I'm not going to go into that in depth because we have already talked about that. We need to be rich in good works. And then generations. There's a generational blessing. The Bible says in Exodus 20, it says, thou shalt not bow thyself down to them or serve them. Talking about foreign gods. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Everybody majors on that third and fourth generation of curses. But he says, and showing mercy unto thousands, and he means thousands of generations of them that love me and keep my commandments. I mean, he says that in Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore I'm the Lord thy God. He is faithful, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Psalm 105, 8. He had remember, he hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. So think about that. How much more powerful that, that God's grace is. 
where, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, that the curse only goes to three or four generations, the blessing to a thousand. A thousand, a thousand. But the caveat is those who love him, those who love him. And that's why we're not, we're not just here to influence children, but we're in, here to influence children's children. So we invest into our ch children so that they will invest into theirs. And as some of the ladies have said in their testimonies, I know that I'm successful when I see that my, ch my grandchildren serve the Lord, because that means that my, my, kids, my kids got the download. Amen. And then your great-grandkids and on and on. And of course, God has gifted us. Jesus was God's gift to us. Every good gift, every perfect gift we've talked about, the gift of God is eternal life. Then Peter said, repent and be baptized, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are ministers according to the grace of God. And then we got a minister according to the gift as everyone has received the gift, 1 Peter 4, 10, 11. So minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. <coughs> we are stewards of the manifold grace of God. We carry this treasure in a vessel made of earth, I'm not talk, talk, calling you a clay pot, but you, I'm talking about your, your body that's made out of the dust of the ground, and yet the glory of God resides on the inside of you. How incredibly beautiful is that? And then 1 Timothy 4.14, don't neglect the gift that was put on you by prophecy, by the laying on of the hands. He's talking to Timothy, but that's for all of you. Whatever gifting God's put on your life, don't neglect it. And then in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, he says, I'm putting you in remembrance to stir up the gift that's in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear will stop you from stirring up and, and flowing and operating in that gift. You are the gift and you carry the gift. And fear is gonna stop you. Fear, don't allow fear. The devil uses the fear to hinder you, to steal from you. That's how the devil robs, kills, and steals, through fear. Don't allow fear in your children. Don't encourage fear in your children. That's why, that's one huge reason why you should kick Halloween to the curb. Please, please, don't encourage, don't, don't hand your, your child to the devil on a platter. Are you, what is the matter with you? Don't put your child in a position. The devil attacks them anyways. How many of you know your kids have nightmares? When you were a kid, you had nightmares. All kinds of fears that they have to deal with. Don't make it worse as a parent. Are, are, it's, is your, are you brain damaged? Don't allow anyone to come in and scare your child and instill fear in them. It's not funny. It's not helpful. Amen. And listen, you need to be kind but firm, and like Charles Finney, he never allowed anybody around his children that would infect them and affect their, 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 their manners, or their, what was it? Ugh, it was in my head and it went right out. Their, anyway, anybody that would be a bad influence on his kids were not, in, not welcome at his house. And that's where the dads actually need to stand up and say, you know, like Randy Hooper used to say, kids used to come to the door and he used to look at the kid and say, you're not welcome here. Because the child was going that kid was gonna be a bad influence on his child. That's your job as a parent. You're not being rude. You're, be, you're doing what God's told you to do. God told Adam, this is your earth, work it, guard it. They let the devil in. They politely listened to him and ate the fruit. 
There's a time to be polite and there's a time to stand and look. Um, people are not your problem. You've got to understand the, the devil behind them. So that's why I said kindly and nicely say, you're not welcome in my house. You don't have to say it in those words. But you can say, Johnny's not available today. My father told me, if any boy asks you out and you don't want to go with him, tell him your father says no. That was so helpful. That, that helped, do you know how much that helped me? I could just say, my dad said no. That was my protection. We need parents, don't, sleepovers? No, 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 no. Oh, but they're nice Christians. You, really? really? You know that? You know that? I know, I know ministers' wives have told me with a 12-year-old son, wanted to go sleep over, and she had a check in her spirit. But her husband is, was not being wise that day. Oh, let him go. Molested by an 18-year-old. Screwed up for, hopefully not for life. Royally screwed up. Don't feel like you're being rude to say no to the devil and demonic influences. Politely tell them bye-bye. The Bible says if we don't raise our kids properly, we will cry many, many, many tears. So the Bible says, you know, if you discipline your child and they're crying, it says don't let your soul spare for their crying. Love them, don't discipline in anger at all. Don't take, if you're angry, go cool off and then come and sort it out, right? So you're, there, you're doing it for their benefit, not your, yeah, not to unleash your frustrations, please. That's not, you're not teaching them principles right on this. So, but you need to, you need to, what was I saying before that? Saying no. Hmm? What's that? Oh, let not your soul spare for their crying. So if they're crying, let them cry. But like I said, remember, it's gotta be the cry of repentance and then, then okay, we're gonna say sorry to Jesus Teach them to apologize to the Lord and make it right with God. Teach them to hear the Holy Spirit convicting them and teach them to respond by repenting. Not rebelling, repenting, and then go make it right with whatever person you need to make right, right? So you need to instill that in them and you need to teach them that. So maybe they have to cry a little bit. You know, when, you, when you're dealing with them, it's, it's okay. When someone else is, it's hard to listen to the crying. When you're the grandma, grandparent, you just gotta leave the house. But I have to support my children as they raise their kids. And if they feel like the child needs discipline, then they need to go ahead and do it, even though I would have just let them do whatever they wanted to do. Because <laughs> it's a grandkid and they're so cute. But I have to support their efforts, right? And I can't undermine that. Oh, come here, Granny. No, they need to make a ride with Mommy, get a right attitude towards Mommy before you come. Then you can come to Granny. <laughs> so don't let your soul spare for the crying and and you know, let the process take place. So gifting and ability, it says if, as every, I'm gonna say every woman instead of every man, is that okay? As every woman has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any woman speak, let her speak as the oracles of God. If any woman minister, let her do it as of the ability which God gives so that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. Hallelujah. I want to do something today, before we, just before we close out and go, go and have lunch, and then we'll come back tonight. But if there's anybody here that you really feel called, you feel like God's calling you, you feel like there's something, it's like me, I didn't know what God wanted me to do, I just knew I was willing to do whatever it was. And I'm grateful for my mother for taking the initiative and signing me up in Bible school. Best thing I, best thing I ever did, amen. And then, of course, I met my, my husband. Listen, I was saved two years and three days. I was married and full-time in ministry. So I had to learn on the job, but thank God my husband was raised in it. He knew what he was doing, he knew where he was going, so all I had to do is hitch my wagon to his, right? But I had to prepare myself and I had to, you know, do that foundational thing, get in the Word. There's a lot of people think, well, I don't need it. Yes, you do need it. Yes, you do. So many people, you know, well, I didn't wanna, and then I came, I'm so glad I did. So we are giving away scholarships. But I want anybody, anybody who feels they wanna, they just wanna work for God, whatever it is. Come forward right now. Are you feeling God touch your heart, tug on you through this whole thing? We've been talking about God and God calling you, gifting you, bracing you, and you really feel like you just wanna go, go deeper with the Lord. You want God to use you. You want Him to do a work in your life. Just come, you can, you can bunch up, it's fine. It's fine. The Lord wants to use each and every one of us. He wants to prepare us. So we have to have that time of preparation. We have to have that time of, of putting the word in us and getting on fire and getting empowered. I mean, us, I, I literally cry my makeup off. I'm t- it's, it's like hard not to cry my makeup off. Hearing the testimonies from our Bible students of what God has done in them, where God brought them from. And, and you, you can come around the sides as well. You can fit them here and this, to see the change in them. And some of them came, they weren't even like, you know, 100% on board, they just sort of, someone else is like, you're going to Bible school, and just come on, and they, you know, they, they like, somebody encouraged them, and they came, or somebody said, you know, I mean, we, we've, <laughs> I laugh now, we had this, we had one guy, and listen, he had a very rough upbringing, and uh, he, uh, he, um, I don't even want to tell you what his background was, but it was tough. It wasn't easy. And so he was, you know, running meth labs. I don't know what all. Ended up in jail. Ended up fully, um, you know, felon, everything else. I don't know how, how many years he did in jail. So he comes out, and there was a, uh, a gentleman that used to do um, basically build houses. Let's scoot forward a little bit so everybody can, can fit in. So... Um, there's, there's a, this guy would build houses and things and he would uh, employ felons basically just to, to give them a new start, to give them a fresh start. And he would minister to them at the same time. So he would employ the money to build the houses and he would minister them. And so he told this one young man, I'm gonna pay for you. This man, got, he got saved. He said, I'm gonna pay for you to, to go to Bible school. And um, so the kid agreed, he comes. He comes here, he's here a few weeks and he's calling back, he's like, these people are nuts. These people are crazy. Because <laughs> he was all freaked out about you know, the Holy Ghost. Because he come in knowing nothing about anything, right? Comes out of this unsaved, this unsaved, come out of jail, you know, screwed up. And thankfully the guy said, I'm paying for you and you're staying there. Listen, God did such a work in him. He came through three years, 
married one of our young ladies that has also just an incredible, incredible testimony. And, um, and out of that now, uh, listen, these two, they're, the two of them are walking testimony. They, at one point, they actually um, you know, were going for foster care and adopt a kid. And when they were going through all that process, um, the, the caseworkers actually said to them, look at, they were looking at them, hearing their history, seeing where they were now, seeing the, the grace of God on them, how their marriage was so wonderful, their three be- beautiful children. And they just said, you know, I, I'm looking at you and I can't even believe this. Because you know, they deal with all kinds of crazy things um, all the time. And, um, and so, and they said, I just can't believe it. It was such a testimony to them of how God totally turned them around. So if you honor God, God will honor you. Amen. So um, let, just pray this with me right now as a prayer of consecration. Say, Lord, Lord I, consecrate I consecrate myself to your will, to your, will, to your, plan, to your plan, and to your purpose. To your purpose. Father, have your will, Father, have your will and, have your way. and have your way. Lord, I commit to do what you tell me to do, to say what you tell me to say, to go where you tell me to go, and to be what you want me to be. Father, I make myself available. I open up my heart to you, and I ask you to come and touch me, to change me, rearrange me, Burn out everything of the world. Burn out everything of the devil. And brand Jesus in my heart. So that when people see me, they see Jesus through me. Father, I thank you that you have called me for a particular purpose. And I thank you, Lord, that as you do that work in me, and you do that work through me, I thank you that it will come to pass. I commit to obey you, to be submitted to you, to be submitted to your word, to grow in grace, and to, to bear much good fruit, to bring you honor and glory. Thank you, Father, for your gracious gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I'm washed in his blood, that I'm cleansed and sanctified. Thank you for your gracious gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in me and empowers me, who leads me, who guides me, who convicts me, and who builds me up. And thank you, Lord, that I am growing in grace. I am being perfected in love. And I am being recreated into your image. And I worship you for that. And I thank you for your grace on my life. I thank you for your word of truth. And I just give you the honor and the praise. May my life always bring honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen.